If the Gophers drop one to the Northwestern Wildcats, we're in trouble. You are no locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Now, Friday, I didn't have a show, but that's why we are at it today here on Saturday. Had some family things going on, but everything is A-OK. So we are moving forward with today's show behind enemy lines with the Northwestern Wildcats. We'll dive into the changes for the programs, the strength and weakness the make or break on the season, but I also want to bring to you the media day insights that I gathered from what we learned at the Big Ten media days from the Gophers, head coach PJ Fleck, and the other three players that attended as well. So we're going to start with that and we're going to dive into it. If you need Gophers daily news, if you need all the latest and greatest when it comes to Gophers football right now, and as we approach the basketball and hockey seasons, you're definitely going to want to hit subscribe over on YouTube and follow wherever you get the podcast at Locked on Golden Gophers. Now we're going to talk about those media day learnings at first, and there are four key takeaways I had from the Gophers media day at the Big Ten media days. The first one was that Coach Fleck definitely inferred that this team would be passing the ball more and finding balance. Not only did he say like that they were going to use use more of their weapons, you kind of play to your offense. He was trying to say it subtly while working around things, but... On top of that, he also made a little funny comment in there that uh, some fans are probably thinking, oh, finally. But knowing that we don't have Mo Ibrahim anymore, knowing that there are a lot of young running backs in that room, knowing the talent we have at the wide receiver positions, that thing would things would play more to balance. Now, this isn't the first time that he said we want to get more to balance. He was saying it again all last season as well. But if you look at what happened with last season, it kind of took the Gophers out of that element and he fell back on the default of give the ball to your All-American. I would do that too, most likely, if I was placed in that type of situation, do or die, I need a win, and they can't stop my guy, I'm going to give him the rock too. But you look at what happened last season, you look at Michael Brown-Stevens, who almost had the yips of sorts when it came to some of the catching, some of the confidence things. It seemed like they were just... Things were no longer clicking for him. It was just like the confidence was zapped from him, the belief in himself. And so a lot of that slot work, he played a vast majority of the slot reps. Brevin Spanford got some as the tight end, big body as well. But when it came to true slot wide receiver reps, Michael Brown Stevens was taking a lot of those and it wasn't being effective. Um, On top of that, you had Dalen Wright and the issues with – I don't know, attitude or one of the most talented wide receivers naturally gifted I've seen with the program, but it just wasn't working out. So that's two of the top options were basically already taken away. You've got Chris Simon Bell who goes down with an all all year injury where he's done after this halfway through the third game. You've got Daniel Jackson who started off the season with an injury and didn't come back till the third game on a pitch count and finally got fully activated in that fourth game. The room was zapped with injuries. The confidence was down. And then the quarterback that you have the confidence in that you know can read the field, make the right plays, make the the reads that you need, and keep the ball in safety. 
was injured and taken out of the game. So you have to put in a really talented redshirt freshman at the time, but you don't want to expose him to, you know, the subjugation of errors. And then the errors lead to fans being negative and tearing him down. You don't want to put your redshirt freshman in that type of position. You want to have him be able to keep his confidence and work his way in slowly and start to see the field and understand the game speed. Now, the best thing for eighth and Catholic Manis was last year and being put in those positions because I think it will help him come into this season full-fledged, ready to go, and really working out the kinks in games one and two and then going full-blown, ready to go versus North Carolina in game three. So, I think overall it worked out for the best for this year's team. But last year, that's why it took us away from balance. And to stay in those games, you gave Mo 30 touches, 35 touches a game. So finding more balance, finding more passing was definitely inferred by Coach Fleck. And that was the first insight I took from the Big Ten Media Days. The second one was that Coach Fleck continues to refer to the quarterback position as a battle. Ethan Kalik Manis, Cole Kramer. Anytime he talks about Ethan Kalik Manis, he throws in at the end Cole Kramer. Now, what that tells me is that, you know, he wants there to be that opportunity to battle in camp. But anytime the media referenced the quarterback position, they always talked about your new quarterback, Ethan Kalik Manis, your new starter, Ethan Kalik Manis. And all of the players seem to recognize that's the way this thing is going. All the players talk about how excited they are with his big arm, how they excited they are with his talent, that he really can sling that thing and things like that. But Coach Fleck always brings up the two of them. Now, I don't know if that's loyalty, if that's uh, what exactly that is, but I wouldn't buy into that too much. I honestly think if he were to go away from Ethan Kalik Manis, that would take a lot of his confidence away. That would take a lot of the confidence from the fan base away. And that would take a lot of the confidence from the players who are excited for this change away. Now, that's not to say Cole Kramer isn't talented and can't do good things. We saw in the spring game, he was out there throwing the rock and putting it in good places and finding Lamecki Brockington all over the field. Cole Kramer is a very valuable piece to this team. And I think the Gophers are still in pretty good hands if something were to happen to the QB1. But I think that's just really Coach Fleck giving love and praise to someone who has been here and stayed here and is from here, from Minnesota, and is working to year five right now, I believe. And even though he might not be the starter, giving love to the veteran and the work he's been putting in and knowing that he still sees him as a valuable piece of this team. So I wouldn't look too far beyond that. But it was interesting that he continued to refer to the two. Now, the third insight is probably my most favorite insight of the day because Coach Fleck referenced about replacing Mo Ibrahim and how it's tough. He's the best running back in program history. He set all the records, but he referenced the running backs and how it'll be different in that there are four running backs vying for the reps. And from the talent in this room, there's a lot of youth in there. He talked about that and he mentioned how Bryce Williams is coming back and he'll be involved. And then there are three other guys, the three others that are fighting for that spot and they could all be starters in this conference. So he's talking about three others fighting with Bryce Williams. Now, I think we all know Bryce Williams is going to be involved, whether that's a few touches a game, whether that's helping in some passing areas during games, whether that's some special teams efforts. Bryce Williams has been a valued leader in this program, and he's going to continue to see opportunities, whether it be special teams, whether it be on the running back end of things and spelling people. 
he'll get some touches here and there. We all knew that was going to be a part of things and partially why he stayed. But the three others, that kind of narrows it in. We already, we've already we seen Zach Evans get a ton of run in the spring game. We saw the transfer Sean Tyler was prioritized. He brings a lot of experience. He brings something way different than anybody else in this running back room can bring. And then you talk about a fourth. Who's the fourth? Well, there's been no references to a Jordan Newbin, to a Max Grandin. All love to them. They put in so much work as undrafted guys, and they do what is asked of them. I think they will be on the two-deep roster. They will travel two games, especially Jordan Newbin, and he will find a way to be involved, especially on special teams and other maybe areas where he can be worked in or in the case of injuries and things like that. But that fourth running back to me is Darius Taylor, and we saw it in the spring game. They gave him multiple drives where he was the guy and they were pounding the rock and they were letting him find his openings and get a feel. And he pounded in a touchdown and he was not afraid of the contact. He was probably the most running back, the running back that was most geared towards eating into the contact, playing into the contact, dipping his shoulder, running through it with his pads, running through his pads and finding the contact and fighting through it. He is built for it. He Again, I heard Tyler Newbin say he reminds him of Braylon Allen in the spring game. Now, I just caught that offhand, but that is the type of running back that Darius Taylor is. He can be a bruiser, but he's got the speed. He has the vision. He can make the cuts, and he is going to make a case to try and play this year. Now, the opportunity and will that happen comes from fall camp. Jobs are earned in fall camp. That is what Coach Fleck continues to say all the time. Starting spots are earned in fall camp. Well, if Darius Taylor can come out here and show out in fall camp, it sounds like he is going to have the opportunity to be a core in this backfield. And they might change it based on the game plan and the defenses that we're playing. If there's uh, defenses that leave more openings for home runs, then you're probably going to see a lot more Zach Evans and uh, Sean Tyler and really trying to effectively keep them on their heels to keep the passing game open as well. If the passing game opens up things, then you play your faster backs who can maybe hit a home run on a quick cut and take it all the way up the field. But if things are getting grimy, if things are getting slimy, if things are getting downright tough, and thinking of like an Iowa game or things like that, I can see Darius Taylor being a feature back and really taking the load of the work when it comes to the running back room. Now, this running back room is probably still going to see about 60% of the run pass split. So I still think it will be a run-heavy team, just not as much. 2019 was a 61% run team. They still ran the ball more than they passed the ball, but they still had two 1,000-yard receivers that made all Big Ten first team. The talent is there for the receivers to do something similar. The running back room is young and talented, and it will be really interesting to see how it all works out. The final insight I had from Media Days was Daniel Jackson got some high praise from Coach Fleck. He said he was one of the quietest non-talked-about wide receivers in the country. Now, that's high praise from Coach P.J. Fleck because P.J. Fleck knows wide receiver talent. He's coached Corey Davis for four years. He's coached Tyler Johnson. He's coached Rashad Bateman. This is high praise, but it aligns with what I saw this spring. Daniel Jackson looks more confident than ever. He looks more poised than ever. He looked like he was getting better every single week of spring. And that's saying something because he he lit up the end of the season. He looked very confident. He had multiple touchdown games, had a few hundred yard games, and he looked like he was coming into his own. Now we've got a fully healthy Daniel Jackson heading into fall camp. And if it stays that way, 
he could be a problem in the Big Ten, definitely overlooked. And I would not be surprised to see his name in the Big Ten teams at the end of the season, giving a fully healthy season. So those were kind of the things that stood out to me from the Gophers Media Day. My conclusion is that if Ethan Kaliakmanis, if it clicks for him and it clicks fast and he finds his groove, this team is going to surprise a lot of people this upcoming season, tough schedule or not. Now, speaking of schedule, we're getting back to our behind enemy line segments today, discussing week four matchup of Northwestern, and that is what is coming up next. First, I got to talk to you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. They make it feel like you're, if you're a small business and you're looking to hire, it's no longer going to feel like a high stakes wager and you have so much riding on this because they're going to give you 100% certain that you have the best qualified candidates available for your hiring decision. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They make it super easy. They make it so you can use your network and help them help you find more people by putting a purple hiring frame on your profile picture so everyone you're connected with can see your hiring and maybe suggest good fits that they see your company, they see you, they know what you do. They're like, oh, I know a couple people that would be perfect to work with you and your team. So you can do that on top of you got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview. You can do all of this for free over at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Gopher Sense, thank you so much for making Locked On Golden Gophers your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. We're continuing our Behind the Enemy Lines talks both today and next week. Next week, we're going to hit teams like Michigan, like Iowa, and the changes that have happened. But today, we have Northwestern. So be sure to tap in every day, become an everyday, or because we're giving you Gophers content every day. I don't know who else is doing it out there, but I got you covered. So hit subscribe over on YouTube, follow wherever you get the podcast, and let me know what you're thinking. Let me know the comments, what you want to see, what you want to hear, and we'll We'll take care of that here at Locked On Golden Gophers. So let's talk about catching up with the Northwestern changes. Now, first of all, transfers keep popping out of the woodwork with the hazing situation at Northwestern. They've been in the news as of late, as of the last month or so, with all the hazing allegations. And you know what? It is not a pretty situation. In the last few weeks, they lost Dylan Senda, Justin Cryer, and Nigel Glover all to the portal. Cryer has already committed to Florida State. And who knows if there will be more departures. But the coaching change is the biggest change as of note in the last month as they fired head coach Pat Fitzgerald. Now, personally, I thought Pat Fitzgerald, for what he has been doing with his record-wise, even regardless of the situations on off the field, on the field, the last few years, it had been slipping. And I thought, you know, a lot of people talk about this guy and his character and his culture and his locker room. And that's why he was holding on to this job after a one-win season, a three-win season. And 
the COVID year, of course, they won the West. But again, the COVID year is such an offshoot. So I was always questioning that. But this year, it's something different. And it's David Braun. David Braun steps in as the interim head coach and the defensive coordinator. Now, that is a lot to take on as a first year coming into the program. Haven't really had any roots in the program. Just hired in January of 2023. Now, this man was hired to be the defensive coordinator in January, and now coming from being a defensive coordinator at NDSU for four years, not only is he tasked with coming to a Power 5 school and being the defensive coordinator, but now they're making him the head coach in lieu of all that is going on. That is a lot and a lot to ask of someone in year one. I mean, I guess you know his hands are clean from the situation regardless since he is just now joining the program in January, but Andy comes from a winning pedigree with NDSU, but again, it is quite the leap. Now, don't get me wrong. He had success in the FCS level. He had two FCS championships with the North Dakota State Bison. On top of that, in the time under Braun, the Bison had the number one scoring defense twice in the FCS over the four years that he coached there as the defensive coordinator. And in 2021, he was named the FCS defensive coordinator of the year. So a lot of high praise, a lot of production he saw at that FCS level with one of the best programs in the country at that level. But again, this is a huge leap to the Power Five and not only the Power Five, but the Big Ten, which is seen as a top two conference in the entire country. So the main focus in year one for Coach Braun is definitely going to be establishing and rebuilding a culture while also trying to find productivity. I think this is going to be a heavily defensive focused team. Now they have been over the years as well, but it's going to be tenfold this season, especially with him coming in as the interim head coach, having a defensive focus. I think that is going to be the bread and butter for the Northwestern Wildcats. And if he can do that, and rally out three to four wins, or if he somehow can more, I think he will have a shot at taking over the role long term. Now, the other name on the coaching side, offensive coordinator, Mike Bajakian. He's been there since 2020. Offense has kind of been struggling under him since he's been at the helm, in my opinion. His time at Boston College prior to that was pretty good, being ranked in the top 40 in total offense seven times. But it hasn't necessarily churned out for the Wildcats. Now, his ground game was good at Boston College. We saw some flashes with Evan Hull as well, so maybe the running game could help them, but I don't know if they have the talent in the room to make that happen. So we're going to talk about impact transfers. They've got three of them with Northwestern. The first one is A.J. Henning, a wide receiver from Michigan. The second one is Cam Johnson, a wide receiver from Arizona State. And the third one is a quarterback, Ben Bryant. From Cincinnati, all three of those players will most likely be starters for the Wildcats in this upcoming season. So when you're looking at the offensive side of ball, Ben Bryant is going to be the quarterback. He's the highest graded returning quarterback now in the Big Ten from last year, higher than J.J. McCarthy, higher than Talia Tungavailoa, higher than Tanner Mordecai. He can take care of the ball. He can be efficient. I think of Tanner Morgan a little bit. Now, he might have a little bit more mobility than Tanner Morgan, but they make more than more than that. They make the right decisions. They try not to put the ball in harm's way. They read the field pretty well. And Ben Bryant reminds me a lot of the style of play that Tanner Morgan has. So that's what you can kind of expect from Ben Bryant. Now, last year, he had 2,744 pass yards, 21 touchdowns, and seven interceptions in 11 games. 
He had two games over 300 against Arkansas and Indiana, but other he had two others in the 290s. So he can pass the rock if he is asked of it, but he also needs to have the talent surrounding him. He had 23 big-time throws last year to 11 turnover-worthy plays. So the upside is better. Like I said, he takes care of the ball and he's efficient. His promise is maybe more so than we've seen from any Northwestern quarterback since Clayton Thorson in the 2015 to 2018 range, but he might have better decision-making as Thorson threw a lot of interceptions. Now you take that quarterback talent and you look at the wide receivers here, and they're going to ask a lot of those impact transfers in Cam Johnson and AJ Henning, who will be immediate starters on this team. You've also got a redshirt freshman who might have some decent talent in Reggie Florima, and he could emerge too. That's a whole lot of change at that wide receiver room, but honestly, that change could be for the better because they didn't have a single wide receiver last year with more than 100 receiving yards in a game. The only player to have over 100 receiving yards in one game was Evan Hull, the running back. So that change could be really good. Now they've got Bryce Kurtz coming back this year. I imagine he'll likely be wide receiver three or four like he has for the past two years, but that's what the wide receiver room is looking like. Then you flip to the running backs. Now I said they found some success in the ground game. Running back, they have some veteran experience in Cam Porter, who's played throughout the last couple years as a spell guy, as a spot uh, spot touch guy. But then they've also got redshirt talented freshman in Joe Hyman. The second he will likely be in tandem with Cam Porter to lead this running back room. It's a major question mark and a major drop off in production from Evan Hull over the last few years. And we'll see what happens there. But the best thing of the Northwestern Wildcats, in my opinion, is the offensive line. Now, yes, Scaranzi's gone, and their center's gone, and they've lost a couple starters at that, but they have promise in the O-line still. Dom Dan Antonio, who was had spot opportunities throughout the last season and had some cleanup work, he graded pretty well in PFF. Josh Preeb started a few games last year and then got injured, but in that time he started, again, showed well, got a decent PFF grade. Caleb Tiernan, who looks like he will be a starting tackle for them, started from week nine on. But amongst them all, you have those three who have opportunities starting, have opportunities playing, and will likely slot in as starters for this team, juniors and a sophomore. You've got them for probably two to three years. But amongst them all, I think redshirt freshman Nick Herzog could start this year at the tackle position and be the next great Wildcat offensive lineman following a Blake Hans, following a Rashawn Slater, following a Peter Skaronsky. Now, otherwise, if that doesn't work out, if he's not ready, they also have Zachary Frank, who has been the backup for Skaronsky for the last few years now. So the offensive line has a lot of bodies in there that know what they're doing, have some talent, and grade out well. So the offensive line could maybe hold things together for the offense in some of these games. Now you flip it to the defense, and the defense has seven starters back with this new defensive coordinator. Bryce Gallagher is the linebacker. Garnett Hollis is a cornerback. Uh, Jeremiah Lewis, who's impressed a lot this spring as a safety, he will probably be the leader and the focal point on this defense. Sean McLaughlin is the defensive end, or defensive end. Rod Hurd is a safety. Aiden Hubbard as the defensive lineman. And Xander, Xander, Xander Mueller as a linebacker. Again, a lot of starters back. That could be very helpful for this team, but... I don't know if they have the talent to truly hang around in the Big Ten. So we're going to wrap up with potential strengths and weaknesses and a make or break for the Northwestern Wildcats in this 2023 season. And that's what's coming up next. 
First, I wanna to talk to you about our friends over at eBay Motors because eBay Motors helps you get the right parts for your vehicle the first time. Every championship team, you need to make sure every player is a fit. Well, with your vehicle, you need to make sure that every part is a fit and eBay has you covered with a guaranteed fit. All you have to do is add your vehicle to your garage on the website and then look for the green check mark to ensure that the part will fit. And if it doesn't and you order it and it has that green check, you get your money back. Who doesn't like getting their money back or at least having the assurance that you don't have to go back time and time again to get the right part? Because just like sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. They have over 122 million parts and you'll be back in the game in no time. So get the right parts, the right fit and the right prices over at ebaymotors.com ebay motors guaranteed fit is only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply all right we're wrapping this one up real quick with strengths and weaknesses of the northwestern wildcats and make or break for them in my opinion this 2023 season let's kick it off with the make or break i think could the issues be the rallying point? Could everything that's taken place in the last month with Northwestern be what they come together around and find a way to scrap and win? Whenever whenever you lose a coach, sometimes that helps rally the team behind a cause, behind a message, whether they were in agreement with that coach or not. Having that change, having that huge situation happen Sometimes teams rally around that, and I think that is the make or break for Northwestern. With so many changes, with so many, so much talent already gone, with them being a program that was already struggling over the last two years, I think that is the biggest thing for this team. So when you look at it, a unified team can be scary. And by week four, when they play the Gophers, it could be a rallying point, a buy-in point of sorts. Now, do I think that will happen? Probably not. If the Gophers drop the game to Northwestern, the season is in a heck of a lot of trouble for Minnesota. But when you're looking at the roster on the field, it's not something that scares you. And you know what? Nowhere, no position, no group really scares you. The offensive line looks stable, but nothing in there. You're like, man, we have to take this out of the game. So that doesn't put any fear into you. But collectively, maybe it could drum something up. I think of the Raiders when Gruden got fired, when Henry Ruggs had his situation off the field, and that rallied the team together behind Bisaccia, and they ended up making the playoffs and losing in a final drive to a team that went on to go to the Super Bowl. But they rallied, they won games, they got to the playoffs. I think of Nebraska firing Scott Frost last year. Now, the following week, they got whooped by Oklahoma, but after that, they rallied off two wins, and then they played in single-score games against Minnesota, against Wisconsin, and then ended the season with a win versus Iowa. So that's what I think about in teams of this situation, and that is what you can't let happen and take over when you're the Gophers playing a team that you absolutely have to beat in the Northwestern Wildcats at their stadium. So that's the biggest thing. Now, when you're looking at the strengths and weaknesses of this team, like I said, the offensive line is definitely a strength that has some promise from juniors and a sophomore returning on top of some freshman talent in there. The quarterback has an effective IQ, efficiency, intangibles, but does he have the skill positions around him to produce? So your quarterback could be a strength. Your offensive line could be a strength. 
and the defense has a ton of returners with a defensive-minded head coach stepping in as the interim. So those are the strengths of this program, but will it all turn into production? That's a major question. Now, the weaknesses are no stability, and the culture seems to be in shambles right now. We, we can say that with full confidence. Even before we found out all this stuff, the winning was not happening these last two years, and it's been a tough go. I believe they've been 1-8 in, in the conference for two straight years now. So with that, that's a weakness, but there's also no outstanding talent, especially at the skill positions. You're relying on a lot of transfers coming in that really didn't do a whole lot at their old Big Ten program. So we'll see what happens there. But then the final weakness is that winning has been sparse. The conference and the division overall look stronger. They look tougher. They have a lot more impact players coming in, and I just think that it might be too much for the Wildcats. That's going to do it for us on today's episode. Next week, we've got Louisiana Lafayette, Michigan, Iowa, and some more to talk about. So you're definitely going to want to tap in, as well as I will be in the first media presser as we kick off training camp next week. So we'll have information for you there. Be sure to subscribe over on YouTube. Follow wherever you get the podcast. Leave a five-star review, and I will see you next week. Row the boat, Sky Yamaha, go Gophers, and as always, don't forget to subscribe.